We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. You're not buying in on the galaxy. The Galaxy are just bad. They're, okay. a, they're a bad, bad team that has offensive firepower that can click at any time, but that doesn't mean that I think they're going to dominate anybody. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basil. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. It is Wednesday night, so we're talking Major League Soccer. I'm joined by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Gentlemen, the season's back. How did you feel about the first week? The first week was awesome. There was a lot of action, a lot of goals, and... Uh, I'm going to enjoy this week, though, getting to actually kind of watch a full game, have it be spread out. It was a little distracting the first week, I thought. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Lots of goals, 
fantasy points to go around, so it was a lot of fun. It was nice to see Javinko score right away. I mean, it took a little while in that game, but like, I didn't want there to be any sort of like two or three game stretch where he didn't score to start the season, and everyone start being like, "Uh oh, catching up on yeah. him." Yeah, like nope, he made still everybody the best. sweat though for sure. It was definitely a little bit of a sweat, and then he he uh, <laughs> showed up in true Javinko fashion with a big day. Mm-hmm. I would have loved for everybody to jump off the Javinko bandwagon. <laughs> in the long run, that would have been quite profitable. Yeah, I um, decided not to captain him in FMLS because I figured everybody was going to be on it. The Red Bulls had played him well um, last year. I went with David Villa, who oh. is the highest scoring, you know, is the lead goal scorer for a team that scored four times, and he did nothing. <laughs> um, what, JD, went... what was your biggest surprise from the first weekend? My biggest surprise? Wow, Up or down. A... My biggest surprise is probably how bad all the defending was because usually the MLS, it takes a little while for the attack to kind of get on the same page and defense is kind of what prevails early in the season. But probably half the teams just played atrocious defense the first week. And uh, that's why fantasy scores were so high. Um, That's why I couldn't pay attention to any one game because goals were just happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, even like in the last 10 minutes when a team had a lead, they were just some, some of them were playing a high line and they got scored on. They were just tons of errors. And I kind of expected it to be the other way around uh, to kind of start the year and then ease into the offense is really clicking. That was probably my biggest surprise. Mm-hmm. Skylar, how about you? A uh, couple of the results were surprising. Toronto for one, the, the uh, first game i guess or no that wasn't the first game but they beat new york red bulls at red bulls which was that was the first of a sub- okay yeah so many games i lost <laughs> track but it was a fun game and toronto actually uh, you know that I, th- I thought they did well to kind of play the type of game that i think we're going to see them play throughout the season and for their first game i thought they did what they needed to do and they got the results so I'd say that was a surprise from the get-go, just seeing them come in and knock off the Supporters' Shield winners. And then uh, that Orlando City comeback, too, was a nice surprise. Oh. just kind of felt like they were already out of it. And then, boom, two goals and injury time tied it up 2-2. So that was fun. In the last minute of injury time, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, we can actually keep talking about Orlando because they're they're playing the first game this week. Uh, the Friday night, seven o'clock Eastern against Chicago. I uh, we were talking about it on Twitter a little bit. I started Nick Ramondo on DraftKings last week, which for ninety-one minutes was awesome. Um, he was heading for like twenty-one or twenty-two points, and like minutes later, he was down to like six points or whatever he finished with. That was so frustrating. Like, I I can't remember seeing a comeback like that in any soccer game um, in recent memory. Just to go. To blow a two-goal lead that late is just killer, uh, especially with uh, Orlando without Kaká, who's also going to be out this week. Um, is there is there anyone that that you think steps up, JD? I mean, we saw Luke Bowden send in about seventy-eight crosses. He was taking corners. Um, Breck Shea was pl- playing really high up. I think he had one of the assists. Um, you also started Kyle Lahren in FMLS. Um, which I don't want to give too much away of how you actually thought about it, but nice call. <laughs> um, 
but with Kaká out, um, it, who's the one player you think gets the, the biggest boost in terms of at least touches? Uh, I I don't know about touches, but I mean the the biggest thing is Kyle Laren is playing a team that probably was the worst defensive team last week. <laughs> Chicago looked completely atrocious against NYCFC. Uh, their center backs are going to definitely take quite some more time to gel. And uh, Kyle Laren was a force. He bodied Hymas and Alave off the ball. I don't think I've seen too many people do that before. Um, his his finishing touch looks like it. I mean, early returns, it looked like it's even better than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Laren a lot this week. And I think also if, if Shea plays on the wing, uh, it's going to be a great matchup no matter who he's going against. But I think it will be Michael Harrington, who probably is, comes out of week one as the most banged up uh, and injured player, at least out of those who might play in week two. Um, he he had a really rough week. So uh, I think Orlando is going to be fine without Kaká. But I think uh, it's going to be another shootout, just like with NYCFC last week. Okay. Skylar, do you think Chicago offers anything up in that game yeah absolutely i think there's going to be goals on both sides so i think if you're yeah if you're wanting to play mls this weekend you got to hop in on the friday saturday slate because this game's friday night um seven o'clock eastern kicks things off but i think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points to go around um from chicago david akam just went off he was questionable coming into uh, round one or the first week of the season. And I think that might've been a little bit of a mind game on Chicago's part, <laughs> but he blew up, had 36 DraftKings points. And I think that he's probably for me, he's going to be one of those guys that should be considered almost week in and week out as long as he's healthy. Yeah. I'd see you guys ranked to come pretty highly. Uh, Skylar, you have it the third and JD, you have him at fourth this week. I mean, I think the, the questionable tag coming in definitely scared off enough people. Um, mm-hmm. Skyler, I think you noted on the, you might've been the MLS fantasy Twitter handle that he was just a steal. Um, but, but enough people passed on him because of that questionable tag. Obviously he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone other than a com that you like from Chicago? Well, uh, uh go ahead. I was just going to throw in John Goosens, I believe, has just got his visa. He's a new uh, attacking center mid for them, so he's going to be a probably going to be a little bit under the radar. He was out last weekend because he did not have his visa. Mm-hmm. Um, Arturo Alvarez is, I think, minimum salary or close to minimum salary as a midfielder. He's another guy that's, um, if anybody's followed the league over the last several years, he actually played... Um, he bounced around, I think, San Jose and FC Dallas. So he's a guy that fans have seen before and have seen that he's got some attacking flair to his game. And he, I think he had 22 points in, he did, yes. in the first game. <laughs> he had a ton of crosses, took some corners, got an assist. So 2,500, if you're playing that Friday, Saturday slate, that's a steal right there. You got to gotta throw him in the mix just to be able to spend up elsewhere. So those are kind of the three I'd say that I'm really eyeing. I like a lot of Orlando options too that JD didn't throw out, like uh, Rafael Ramos. And I think Bowden's a, a solid play too, but I think he came off in the 60th minute, so that worries me a little bit. Um, but I love all the fantasy options in this game. There's a lot of good fantasy options in that Friday game. Okay. 
Yeah, Bowden's also a midfielder, which kind of hurts, especially in a game that should hopefully be 11v11, not 10v10. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, he really is playing left back. He's not a midfielder. So if it, the game's not as wide open and he's not kind of getting up the field as much, I, I don't think we're going to see that inflated of uh, crossing numbers. Also, I'm not even sure he's going to play because no Torino's back. Um, so Brexhay might kind of push back to to left back, and Bode might be on the bench. So I was say they should just switch positions basically yeah. on DraftKings. And right, and I think Arturo Alvarez took every corner, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be wrong, but I I wonder if Goosens is going to eat into that or not. I I have no idea. Do you guys think Nosarino does anything? I mean, he's mostly I a holding th- player, isn't he? Yeah, but I think he's going to be a, a really good MLS player, and I definitely think he'll be an option in fantasy as kind of one of those cheaper guys you throw in. I don't know if he's going to be a go-to at, at any point, but mm-hmm. especially without Kaká, he could create a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know enough about him to throw him in right off the bat, so 3500 and then you've got Arturo Alvarez for $1,000 less, and I'm going with a guy that just got 25, 22 <laughs> points last week right. instead of uh, a guy that's a little bit, little bit of a question mark at this point. Makes sense. It's uh, One more thing on this game. It's worth noting that Tommy Redding is still starting in Orlando's defense. He's a 19-year-old center back. Um, or, Orlando's defense really isn't that strong, so even though Chicago's on the road, I don't think you should downgrade their attacking players at all. Okay. I like that. Um, next up is the Revolution hosting DC United. Um, DC United played the Galaxy tough for a little while. They were winning, and then they got killed. Um, how much do you guys read into that? I mean, it's a bit tough to start the season on a full cross-country trip, uh, and now they're playing at New England. Um was there anyone from DC United, Skyler, that kind of jumped out at you? I mean, Taylor Kemp, just because he's he put up stats as a defender, but I just am not big on DC at all right now. Just from watching their preseason, watching their Concacaf Champions League games, and then this game, it, they just they don't look good at all, and I don't feel like they're using some of their top options like they should. I don't feel like uh, Acosta, the guy they brought in over the offseason, I don't feel like he's been freed up to do um, what he's capable of doing for him. And then I don't think Espindola has been let loose yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Espindola as a fantasy option, but he's just not – I don't know what what's wrong this season, but something's not clicking. So I'm staying away from D.C. right now. Yeah, Nayarko got the start, and then now they think that he might have a concussion. So that that doesn't help either. Do you have the same feeling about DC United? Uh, essentially, I think a Spindola. This for me, this is the year he really falls off the map. I I don't think he has looked nearly as good. Maybe he's just injured, but um, he's getting quite old, and he hasn't impressed me nearly as much, even at the end of last season. So it's going to be up to Luciano Acosta to carry this offense. But without any other really capable people around him, I'm I'm quite skeptical. But I do like Acosta, and I also, Taylor Kemp, some of his crosses were obscene. They're, he is such a good crosser, probably up there with Chris Tierney is the best in the league. And um, if they ever actually put in a big target forward uh, that could head the ball in, Taylor Kemp would be one of the best fantasy options by far. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Um, so is there any concern that they 
gave up three goals last week against Houston, or is it was that more Houston than it was the New England defense? I think it was pretty much even parts both. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think New England's going to have the strongest defense, but the, New England's upside defensively is is extremely high because Andrew Farrell and Jose Gonzalez are are both awesome when they're playing well. But Gonzalez, especially lately, has had kind of some just some blunders. He kind of isn't the most consistent, but he was MLS Defender of the Year, I guess. Uh, now it's four or five years ago. So um, I I think New England could easily shut out D.C. United, and I think we reflected that in our goalkeeper rankings this week. Mm. At least I did. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have him second. I think you're a little higher than everybody else was. But um, we saw Javon Watson get the start. Um, He only joined about two weeks ago. Um, Do you like him at all, or do you just – is it tyranny or bust in the New England defense for fantasy purposes? Uh, Javon Watson's a midfielder, actually. Well, I mean, he is a defender, but on draft, oh, on draft. He's, oh, okay. he's a midfielder. So I'm probably not using him. Uh, Tierney's definitely an option. Um, I, and I think he's very playable because DC United's wingers, especially without Niarco, they tend to be more defensive than attacking. Um, so I, I think DC would love to come out of New England with a 0-0 draw. <laughs> Okay, and Skyler, yeah. were you impressed with Diego Fagundes enough to take him? Oh, for sure. He's he's going to have a huge season. He's already uh, off the schneid, I guess you could say, and he's uh, he's so young. I mean, he's got tons of upside, and he's got a good core of players around him. Lee Wynn, I mean, Charlie Davies up top. So it's tough for me to uh, – in that price range, it's tough for me to. He's five thousand dollars, so it's tough for me to justify um, paying for him. I guess in cash, but in a GPP, I guess he's well worth the uh, well worth the roll of the dice because he's a guy that could win a GPP for you. So, would you rather Fagundes at five thousand or win at sixty-two or sixty-three? Yeah, win it. Yeah, win at 63 for cash because you can squeeze them in with with all the value that's still out there. Like guys like uh, even shits and, you know, we talked about Arturo Alvarez earlier if you're pl- playing the Friday slate. Those guys, those are guys that will allow you to be able to fit in a Lee Wynn, Mauro Diaz, Giovinco on the same lineup. So that's where the Diego Fagundes play is starts getting a little bit tough for me when I'm if I'm just building one lineup, then he's a guy that I'm having to say, is, do I really feel strongly about him having a good game? And I think he does have a good matchup this game, so it's not a bad price for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be a little hesitant in cash to roll him out. JD, how do you feel on that side? Uh, I, I pretty much agree with Skylar. I think Lee Wynn looks really good, much better than his numbers showed uh, in the DraftKings box score last week. He's looked pretty good with the national team. So I would have no problem rolling him out as like a top five priced midfielder. He's always going to be in consideration. Uh, the problem with Fagundes is that he doesn't get the peripheral points quite as much as uh, other midfielders in that price range. So like Skylar said, he's he's much more of a GPP play for me. And not in the sense that he's a shot in the dark, just in the sense that he's going to have a big, huge game probably once every three or four and then the other ones, he may hurt you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. 
Um, so that game is at 3 o'clock Eastern. That's when the first Saturday DraftKings slate starts. Um, we were saying before the pod that, or before we started, that DraftKings has, is it four different slates for MLS this week? They have a starting Friday going through the end of Saturday. They have a Saturday that starts at 3. They have a Saturday that starts at 7. And then the Sunday. That's correct. Yeah. And if that's not enough for you guys, we now have Europa League and Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mekis. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> M-A-X, I believe, actually. M-A-X, that's right. Um, all right. So going to the 4 o'clock game, one of the – what I thought was possibly the most surprising team of the first week was Montreal. Uh, we put so much – um, everybody talks so much about Didier Drogba, how he's not going to um, train on turf, he's not going to play on turf, uh, which means he'll miss f- four of the first five games, I believe was the number. I saw somebody uh, today write about how Drogba making this decision doesn't really matter and that the impact should be fine with him doing this because they only play six games on turf all season. And they just happen to be front-loaded, so he's still going to end up being available for 26 of 30 or whatever the number was. Um, if he doesn't leave to coach Chelsea. Right, <laughs> right. Um, oh, gosh. That's what a weird situation. But anyway, um, so Montreal went in and won 3-2 to two at Vancouver, without obviously without Drogba. Um, Ignacio Piatti was as good as we know he can be um how much does did that result change your opinion of what you would do against the red bulls this week jd um maybe a little bit but p i mean i think i had piotti as my number four midfielder coming into the season i mean he's shown how good he can be he really made his mark last year when montreal kind of went to the Concacaf champions league Mm -hmm. literally on his back i mean piotti uh, most people said that he was the best player on the field, even when he was playing some of the best Mexican teams. Uh, he's just unbelievable. Um, you saw that in his highlight reel goal, and you you see that in his quality every time he gets on the ball. Um, he's he's very keen to kind of dribble at players and attack, but he's also quite smart. So Piotti's just a complete package, and I think he's... I don't want to say he's matchup-proof, because there's matchups when he plays a really bad team... He's a, a lock in my lineups, but uh, I, I would definitely still consider him against the Red Bulls, um, especially they're still gelling along the back line, um, even though Ba looks awesome. But yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know that the the Red Bulls on the road are, are quite as scary. At the same time, I also have a hard time thinking the Red Bulls are going to drop two straight matches to start the year. <laughs> Skyler, who's your top pick in this game? Probably Piotti. I think JD hit it on hit the nail on the head. He's phenomenal, and I think he's a guy that, for me, whenever I don't have him in a lineup, then if I see somebody climbing up the leaderboard that does have him, then he's that one guy that I really am like, you know, why did I leave this guy in my lineup? So <laughs> he's, he's that dangerous. Uh, he blew up this past weekend. So I'd say that he's definitely probably the top play in this specific game and he's only 6,000. So there's so much value still, even it's early in the season. So if you feel good about him, then you can play him. I do. I am. I will say that I was getting a little nervous just with the way that the Red Bulls Toronto game was going and felt like Toronto caught a little bit of a break when they got the PK. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a PK, 
just saying that I was second guessing, uh, you know, putting as much confidence in Giovinco. Not saying you shouldn't have confidence in Giovinco, but you know what I'm saying. It was it was a little bit nervy there for a little bit. I do think the Red Bulls um, can probably make a game, make a zero zero game out of something pretty easy. So um, that's my only concern there. I do think that they could be a tough matchup. Okay. My top picks, especially on DraftKings, is the differential is Bradley Wright Phillips. I mean, I don't think Montreal is that great defensively. Um, they lost the possession battle to Vancouver last week, and I think they definitely will lose the possession battle to the Red Bulls. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips is just such an intelligent player. Uh, I don't think he's going to let his team lose twice. So in terms of goal potential, he's way up there for me. Did you see how many points he scored last weekend? Probably, what, one? Zero. Zero? That's not a surprise. He He had one cross and two fouls committed. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has games like that, but I watching him, he's he's very good. He might not be a fantasy star, but I I like the matchup. Domino Codero. I was just about to say him off by twenty two points. <laughs> That's fine. I'll take I'll take Bradley Wright Phillips over the course of a season, even spotting you twenty two points. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely a bit of an anomaly there, but. Uh, Oduro with with Drogba out of the mix, he's definitely one to watch. He could be uh, kind of one of those differential plays that you, you throw in the mix, and he like he did this past weekend happens to have a goal and an assist and twenty two points, and nobody else has him. So definitely uh, a guy that I've considered in the past and enrolled with in the past, and think he's worthy of consideration. Okay. Yeah, and and one final note: this is a, a revenge game feast. For we have um, <laughs> Felipe got traded to the Red Bulls, and they traded back uh, Alexander and also Oyongo. So lots of revenge potential in this one. And Oyongo is, I think, he really benefits from the new scoring system in terms of crosses. He had nine last game, which is probably more than he had in any game last season mm-hmm. at all. So. Should be interesting to see how he plays against a team that, I mean, they really insulted him when they traded him, and he refused to report to Montreal for the whole offseason. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, The other 4 o'clock game, 4 o'clock Eastern, is Seattle at RSL. It's weird to have two Western Conference teams playing so early. But we... I had some choice... uh, tweets to you guys dms to you guys about clint dempsey after um (laughs) his performance in the opener uh granted they went down to 10 men so that always kind of throws things off but uh we saw is it ivan schitz or even schitz have we decided yet ivan schitz ivan schitz even yeah because people try not to pronounce people try not to pronounce the certain part of his name like it actually should be so it's apparently now ivan schitz okay so he was taking uh, corners, I believe, which um, gives him, you know, a, a very solid floor, and he's still pretty cheap. But Dempsey did close to nothing. Jordan Morris really struggled. Um, was there anything from this Seattle team that you like, JD, that makes you think they can break out this week against RSL? Yeah, their um, their Concacaf Champions League performances, their scrimmage against the Galaxy when they whooped them for nothing. Um, I think 
with playing with 11 guys in an RSL team that is trying to sign two center backs because they know <laughs> that what they have is not anywhere close to good enough. I would argue they have by far the worst set of center backs in the league. Um, yeah, I, I like Seattle on the road a lot. Clint Dempsey is kind of a guy that's going to be up or down at this point uh, in his career, I think. But it's it's much more likely that he's up, um, particularly the way he's uh, played lately. Um, Yvonne Schitz is very good, and he's on a lot of set pieces, too, when Dempsey's not getting greedy. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of like a lot of the Seattle options. Jordan Morris is inexplicable why he costs so much on DraftKings yep. other than other than the hype. But, um, yeah, I and I like Real Salt Lake as well. So I think there's a lot of good choices in this one, too. Okay. Uh, Skyler, you have been a Jao Plata fan for quite a while. Um, and now he took the penalty last week. Do you put him in kind of another class because he's taking penalties, or was that already built into your ranking? Because I was kind of surprised it wasn't Morales. Yeah, he gets a little bit of a bump because he's taking penalties, uh, but it's I don't rank, I guess, purely on penalties. I guess I consider that somewhat. It's kind of in the, in the back of my mind. But other than him taking penalties, he just looked really sharp, and it looks like he's going to feature in the attack. So I think uh, he's always, for me, he's always been a guy that's just been fun to watch. He's so small and just so like nimble, just able to kind of, um, bounce off people and keep going and he's quick and I like his style of play so I think it converts into uh, a good fantasy play usually because he's usually able to get chances and converted them this past weekend for 29 points so he's definitely somebody that's always on my radar and then when I don't have him of course he goes off so <laughs> just uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate it feels like that Anytime you're considering somebody and then you don't pick them, they just go off. So Plata is a guy that I love. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this game is a tough one to call, though. It seems like Salt Lake is definitely a little vulnerable at the back, like they showed in the last few minutes of the game this past week. Um, so I think Seattle could definitely exploit that, and I think Demp we'll see a bounce back from Dempsey. Uh, Nelson Valdez has some upside if you want to kind of roll the dice on him. And then uh, Juan, Ma Juan Manuel, a.k.a. Burrito Martinez for Salt Lake, is a fun player to watch as well. And he's fairly cheap as a uh, forward play. I think J.D. had some exposure to him this past week. Yeah, he draws fouls like nobody's business. And uh, if no one's seen it yet, um, go check out um, his nutmeg on Luke Bodden. Um, it it made him look absolutely silly. Um, it was great. Um, he's... He's extremely fun to watch, especially now that he has a full preseason coming in. But uh, yeah, this RSL offense is kind of hard to pick because there's just there's almost too many options. I mean, we didn't even mention Yoram of Sissian, who I think is probably their premier attacking player. Um, I think one thing to note is that Brad Evans is probably going to be out for this game, so Seattle's missing their starting center back, one of them. Mm -hmm. And, and Fisher, I mean, although he wasn't. Depends right. if uh, Tyrone Mears will hopefully be back. Right, it was Mears. But, I couldn't remember if it was right. Mears or Jones. Yeah, um, yeah, Jones played, but neither right. him or Mears are really the greatest defensively. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Chad Marshall is 
one of my favorite center backs, but no one would ever describe him as being fast. <laughs> so uh, Plata is probably a, a great pick this game. It, the problem with him is his floor is just so low because he's not really getting a ton of crosses. Um, he even really, for having so much speed, he doesn't draw nearly as many fouls as you would expect. So, I mean, it's kind of goal or assist or nothing for Plata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty much GPP for me too. I don't, I don't consider him in cash. I'd say that he's more of a GPP play, but he's like, like we saw this past weekend with 29 points at 5,000. That's huge upside if you're in, like Andrew was saying, he takes penalty kicks for him too, so that's just an added plus. I, I'm i cautious to assume that he's going to be the penalty kick taker all season. I mean, it might have just been like a special first game thing where Javier Morales wanted to let him get going, or I don't know, but I mean, it's unbelievable to think that Javier Morales isn't going to be taking some penalties. He's <laughs> yeah. probably one of the best set-piece takers in the entire league, and that d- extends to penalties as well. Yeah, I think I thought that I heard the announcer. I didn't see Salt Lake's champion, CONCACAF Champions League games, but I think I heard the announcer say that Javier Morales missed a penalty kick, so maybe Plata was stepping in, taking one, and it worked out. But yeah, I, I think that we might see, or I think that we'll definitely see uh, Morales on some penalty kicks, especially considering Plata usually comes off around the 70, 70th minute, maybe 80th minute, and we're sure to see some PKs late in the game. So I don't think that we'll not see Morales on PKs. But that being said, it looks like Plata's the guy for now. Okay. JD, you have Dempsey second uh, among midfielders. So I guess it answers my question if you really think he's going to bounce back this week. Sure, I think. Uh, well, Skyler has him fourth, and all three of yep. us have him in the in the top four. Yeah, so I think a lot of it was that RSL is not good defensively. Okay, that that was kind of really my question. Yeah, which side it was that I was referring to. Yeah, and he's the the focal point for the Sounders, especially now with Obafemi gone. So you're basically you've got a midfielder that's actually a forward, and for me, I'm it's almost a mental thing. Even like with Breck Shea. Um, playing as a forward, even though he's listed as a defender on DraftKings, like I love the mental aspect of saying, "All right, well, I've got this forward and a defender and sp- a defender slot." So it's kind of the same with Dempsey; like he's a true forward for the Sounders. So mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of how I look at it with him. Yeah, that worked really well with me and Schkels and Gashi last week. <laughs> it didn't work with me with Dempsey. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. <laughs> Um, next up, seven o'clock Eastern, the Galaxy uh, head to face the Rapids. Is, is this the biggest mismatch this week, JD? Although uh, it could be the mean, one right you after. You mean this. Colorado's a favorite? Oh yeah, is right. that what you mean by mismatch? Not quite. You, uh, you're not buying in on the Galaxy. The Galaxy are just bad. They're okay. a, they're a bad bad team that has offensive firepower that can click at any time but that doesn't mean that i think they're going to dominate anybody i mean anyone who watched the first half if you were also following following on twitter of uh the last game against dc united they were pretty much <laughs> saying that la is terrible um they're not gonna make the playoffs etc um i think they'll really come into form as the season goes on just because of uh bruce arena is going to coach them up and find out what works. Maybe play the young kids a little bit more, but 
there's no reason to think that Colorado is going to be um, dominated in this one. And actually, Colorado dominated possession last week against San Jose and looked fairly good, even though they didn't score at all. Mm-hmm. And the Galaxy scored four times. Right. I mean, it's just sometimes that's going to happen. But I think uh, against a quality team, and especially the Galaxy on the road, were not good last year either, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see how it happens. I mean, I'm always going to consider Galaxy attackers. That's for sure. But they don't have any chemistry. Not a single one of them, except maybe Keane and Mike McGee. Well, Mike McGee was my next question. If he starts because Dos Santos left with an injury... 3500 bucks for as a midfielder on DraftKings. Yeah, he sounds in. sounds intriguing, doesn't it? Definitely, especially from a former MVP. Sure. Skyler, what yeah. do you think? 3500 yeah. bucks? Yeah, he's definitely worthy of consideration at 3500. I didn't realize that he was worthy as a of cons- Let's use a stronger <laughs> word than worthy of consideration. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, no, he at 3500 as a midfielder. I I Missed that one. Just I haven't. I guess I haven't dug in as deep yet into the uh, the player positioning and the salaries. But yeah, that's that's pretty uh, pretty amazing <laughs> right there. If you can find him for that, um, he's not. He doesn't have a, a great floor, I guess, but he has huge upside for thirty five hundred. So if he's starting against the Rapids, and yeah, thirty five hundred. JD, who nice are price. the who are the Rapids that you'd consider taking? I'd consider Shkelzengashi again. I mean, he had a couple <laughs> looks at net last week, and Pablo Mastroeni drives me nuts because Gashi looked like probably one of their better players, and he subs him off early because he's worried that he needs time to, to gel with the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that won the Golden Boot two straight years in uh, the Swiss League. I think I said the Dutch League or Belgian League last yeah, week. But Bas- it's, yeah, FC Basel. Right, the Swiss League. And um, he won the Golden Boot two straight years, and Mastroeni's concerned that he's going to have to take time to acclimate to the team. That's ridiculous. Just play your best players. Um, so he's in there for me. I thought Dylan Powers looked pretty good last week. Um, I, you can really go with any attacking player because I don't think L.A. looks that good defensively, particularly if Yella Von Dom is out again. I will say this. Ashley Cole looked really good on defense last week. He saved the entire team from a lot more embarrassment. I was just about he, to bring him up because he, I believe he was named to the MLS Team of the Week. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I saw a lot of people were making fun of him because he acted like he got shot in the head um, on that one play where someone barely tapped him in the face. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was really good last week. Exceptional. Yeah, I was shocked at how good he looked. Because... I mean— his his attacking contributions weren't quite as much as you would want, yep. which is maybe what we're thinking about from a fantasy perspective. But he looks really good on defense. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if I could choke up uh, paying forty four hundred for him just yet. I think he's still got a ways to go before I buy in on him. Um, but I'm with you on on Gashi. I'm definitely willing to give him another shot. Still not a cash game play for me, but. 5,000 as a midfielder, kind of in the same um, boat as McGee. I just, I think he's got that big GPP winning upside that he's definitely got the capability to go off for a couple of goals. And it's going to happen sooner or later. Like JD said, he's a goal scorer. 
he's got had the golden boot over in Europe for two straight years. So, um, yeah, he's a guy that I'm looking at. I don't know as far as any rapids go. If there's too many other guys that I'm considering, maybe Eric Miller from uh, on defense. He had 11 points last week, and he's 2,900. So it's worth a look. Um, I noticed uh, over on MLS Fantasy Viz that um, who was it? Steris is the num is the top added player in the season long game. You guys buying that at all? No, because he's not going to start once Yella <laughs> Von Van Dam comes back. So I don't know why everybody is adding him um, unless they just want one week temporary relief, but. That's not really the strategy I I go for in the season long. So plus he also looked terrible defensively. I mean that's a large part of why Ashley Cole looked so good because Ashley Cole bailed him out time and time again. So if you think Bruce Arena is going to be <laughs> jumping up and down to put Steris back in, uh, you're <laughs> dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a recency bias showing showing true there. He had a he had that goal, so that was big for him, but. Yeah, it's not going to be something that we're going to see game in and game out. So I definitely think, you know, guys are just looking at the box score and seeing a slew of points that he scored, but it's not going to be something to get used to. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Daigo Kobayashi also had a goal, and nobody's (laughs) jumping to bring him in. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Um, I think McGee is the fourth most added, although that's he's got a little more staying power, at least. Uh, If Dos Santos is hurt... I assume we'll get an update at some point, but with MLS, you never know. Um, Then for a real mismatch, we've got the Union visiting Columbus. (laughs) (laughs) That that answers my question pretty much. No, um, Kai Kamara is the most expensive player on DraftKings for this um, slate at Um, uh, 9,400. Iguain is 6,400. He... Had a pretty nice goal last weekend, that nice bicycle kick that uh, pretty much everybody has seen. He had 27 points because he also had nine crosses. Um, Dollar for dollar, who would you prefer this week, J.D.? Kamara. (laughs) I mean, he's going to score. Philly's back line is not that great. Mm -hmm. They they might be good by the end of the year, but, I mean, I think three of them got their first start in MLS last week. Um, Dallas probably could have put up six or seven goals on a different night against uh philadelphia and i i just don't see it right now the the team's definitely um a work in progress and columbus is very angry that they lost again to the timbers so i i see them being fairly relentless um kamara in particular and that i find it hard to believe that he's going to stay off the score sheet uh, Philly got screwed these first two weeks by the way i mean <laughs> how unlucky to play at dallas and at columbus um. Yeah. Speaking of Philly, Skyler, I see that Andre Blake had 13 points last week because he made eight saves. Do you consider him now because you know he'll probably make a lot of saves, even though he could give up two or three goals? Yeah, he's so cheap. If like he's probably not going to be a cash game target, but he's so cheap that. And it's it kind of sounds funny, but you might even try to find a way to get Iguain, Kamara, and then uh, Blake. Andre Blake in the same lineup, like just because 
I feel like he's it's going to be the same situation for him. He's going to be fending off shots all game. So I think he's probably got 10-point upside regardless if the Crews score two or three goals. So I'm he's worthy of consideration for sure. And I think aside from him, if you don't feel like – if you feel like that's too much of a risk, then I feel like you've got to try to find a way to get both Kamara and Iguain in because they both have a ton of upside this game. And if you want to even go – Stretch it even farther with a crew stack. Get Ethan Finley in the mix too. Harrison Awful. Like there, this is the game to stack the crew. Are you considering, or do you have either Kamara, Iguain, and uh, FMLS? I don't at this point, but those are two of my top targets. So I uh, will probably be bringing at least Iguain in. Yeah, I'm probably. I'm, I might even go uh, minus four this week FMLS to get Kamara in too. Wow. Because I'm going to have to shed – I had Gilberto in my original lineup, so I'm going to have to shed him. Mm-hmm. And that leaves uh, – I've got Giovinco and Keane in there right now, so I'm going to have to try to find room for Kamara. So. Yeah, I had to drop Fabian Castillo, and I picked up Iguain, and I'm trying to decide whether it's worth going all out to figure out how to get Kamara in there as well. JD, your thoughts on uh, – well, actually, J, I, before we get – I want to go back to Blake for a second. Because JD and sure. I were talking about the Rotowire uh, lineup optimizer, because the first time it ran for MLS this season, it put Andre Blake in there, and we were like, "Wait a minute, this something, something's obviously broken here," because you don't actually want to tell people to take this guy, and we realized it was because <laughs> of the saves, and it's weird. It, it's a weird concept to take a goalie who could get beaten, you know, who could face twenty shots. Obviously, it helps that if he saves a few of them, but, um, JD, you going with Blake this week? Um, probably not. I mean, <laughs> I really, I really think he's a, he is a cash game play. He's definitely not a tournament play cause he's not going to get the win and he's not going to get the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. So you have to hope that he makes eight saves and yep. only lets in one or two. I mean, even that's not a great ceiling. So he's going to get you a, a good floor, but um, it, I think if you just pick a favorite keeper that you think can get a win in a clean sheet, that's 10 points right there. So, um, well, I think over the course of the season, he's going to have a good average because of of the high save total he gets. I don't think any particular week I'm really lining up to, to roster him in <laughs> uh, daily fantasy. But, I mean, his save totals are outrageous. He's probably going to lead the league. By the end of the season, mm-hmm. unless Josh Saunders uh, leads oh, yeah, league, which just... is also quite possible. Yep, that's true. Um, yeah, Blake was one of my sleepers before the season started. It, it must be said that uh, he was a guy that I actually included in one of my uh, breakout performers, just because of the spot that he's in. So we'll see. Uh, anyone from Philly you guys like? If. Uh... Alberg plays and also Ilsenio play. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're both, I mean, they're those kind of guys in the $3,000 range. Maybe even they're both lower still, I think. Um, yeah, I guess you can consider them. I don't know that I would take Sapong as a forward. Um, the, the unfortunate thing is the crew are very susceptible to set pieces, as you pretty much can tell anytime they play, particularly against Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that anyone on Philly can take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm probably maybe considering El Seno, but he he's another guy that came off in the 60th minute, so 
for outbursts, right? I, I think so, yeah. yeah. So anytime I see that, then it concerns me a little bit. I'm a little bit hesitant to stick with a guy that's just not getting full 90, but that's kind of out of our control as fantasy players. So we just have to, um, especially when he's 3,100, he's worth considering if he's taking corners and stuff. So I don't know. It's a tough matchup. I just there's better plays like if you're talking about there's a guy like Mike McGee at 3500 that you could stick in there then I might try to find room for him if he's starting. Any thought of Fabinho? Like Fabinho's going to be pinned back by Columbus's wingers and their attacking fullbacks. So I I don't see him getting forward as much as he normally would, but I do like Fabinho in general as a as a fantasy option. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a fantasy option just as as a crossing defender on DraftKings. Other than that, though, in a tough matchup, then I'm probably going to try to find players with higher upside. Yeah, I think we're still early enough where you can find crosses for a thousand bucks less than Fabinho at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the guys that I liked last week already have jumped up to a, a price I don't want to pay. Yeah, a defender. <laughs> Well, Skylar, how about Sebastian Latou this game, man? <laughs> Did he even play last game? I didn't see. <laughs> I don't know. Did he even get in? Let me, let me take a peek at the box score here. Yeah, Looks like eight, he got three minutes. minutes. He had okay. a oh, 18 minutes. Oh, 18. Three points. One point every six minutes. That's a nice clip. <laughs> <laughs> if he ever gets the start, then I might start considering him again. But it looks like he's in the doghouse to start the season, so... He's not he's... in the doghouse. He's just not good. At <laughs> he was scoring goals at a regular rate. <laughs> in the U.S. Open Cup. Okay, but also, <laughs> since I'm the master of revenge games, we have a Connor Casey revenge game. So if you want to bank on him coming in in the 80th minute and getting a header for uh, 10 points, then be my guest. All you'd have to pay is 1400 bucks more than Mike McGee. Right. I mean, Connor Casey is a bonus. He doesn't even use his feet to play soccer, so it's <laughs> quite impressive. Nice. Uh, next up is Vancouver at Sporting. Sporting, nice win last week. Um, I think I'm going to call it a nice win. I can't, I'm still not sure what to think of the Sounders, so I don't know how much credit I can give them. Um, that being said, uh, Sporting have a few guys who should be back but Benny Failhaber looks like he's not going to be one of them. Uh, are there are there guys you're targeting from from uh, SKC, Skyler? Yeah, one guy I really like is Graham Zusi. He's on set pieces for him. He's listed as a forward, so you, you're going to have to use one of your forward or your utility slots. But with that set piece upside that he brings, and that's you're basically locking in double digits anytime you roster him. So. I think at 5,300, he's well worth a look. Other than that, I don't know, Dom Dwyer, I guess, after seeing Vancouver break down in the back against Montreal, mm -hmm. might be worth a, a GPP look. Anybody else? Um, I'm not really sure what Brad Davis, did you say what Brad Davis's status was? I believe he's expected to be back. Okay. That might sway sway me a little bit on Zeus if he's back because he might take uh, about half of what Zeus's set piece responsibilities are, depending on what side of the field is. So, um, 
I don't know. That's tough whenever there's guys like Zussi and Davis on the field at the same time because they both have high upside from set pieces. They're mm-hmm. both really good at swinging the ball in, but you just don't know who's going to get the lion's share of them. So it's almost like throwing a dart. Um, but they're both two players, I guess, worth looking at. JD? Uh the- I think this is going to be one of the games I want to watch most this weekend, but one of the last games I want to look at for fantasy purposes because I think both of these teams are pretty good defensively. They both have uh, very good defensive midfields. Um, and, yeah, I think Zussi's a, a solid cash game play. And maybe in the midfield, if uh, Jordy Cantilla for 2900 plays uh, again since is going to be out, that's a solid value. Um I do like Octavio Rivero this season, but I, all these guys are just kind of ones that I would much prefer in a better matchup. Yeah. Um, I think Vancouver's wingers, uh, Bolaños and Takara, are both quite good. They're going to get a lot of crosses. They're also going to uh, have some good shots at goal. Um, but th- this isn't the matchup necessarily for that. And the other problem is they're both players that are definitely going to be subbed off a lot because they have other good wingers in Vancouver. So, yeah, I'm not real keen on any any players this game. I think there will be some excitement just because they're both quality teams, but I I don't think you can pin your hopes on any of them. Okay. I'll take that. I had, I had uh, Usted last week because I went very heavy on FC Dallas and basically couldn't keep Jesse Gonzalez and I don't, I don't know if that was just somebody else in his jersey, but man, he <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Didn't look like him, not at not all. Not on the, that one goal. He just he came out and completely missed the ball. It yeah. seemed like it looked like he blinked at the wrong time. That's that was my only explanation, and or maybe the sun got in his eyes. Might have been a <laughs> night game. I don't know. Something happened. It wasn't That's my right. number one overall keeper for season long, right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah. Mine was mine was Stephen uh, Fry. We had this discussion already. And yeah. um, Stephen Fry also let in a terrible goal yeah. that a, a center back kind of <laughs> shot from 25 yards out. <laughs> and it it was slow, and it took a just a lame bounce, and Fry completely missed it. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, somebody must have been tipped somewhere. And I watched <laughs> it again, and I was like, nope. <laughs> no, it, nope. it was yeah. really – it was maybe worse than Usted's because you don't really have an excuse for that one. Like, right. Usted at least had to come out of the box. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Making us oh. look great to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, goalkeeping was exceptionally poor for MLS. Usually, I think goalkeeping is one of uh, the league's stronger uh, kind of looks, but not not last weekend. No, definitely not. Um, let's, well, one guy who did have a clean sheet is Jesse Gonzalez, who... I said I couldn't have. I believe you guys both had him in your season-long leagues. Um, we've got the Texas, uh, do we call it Derby in MLS as opposed uh, to a Derby? I think it's the Texas Derby. I don't I don't know. No one can really decide for any of them. <laughs> well, we've got Houston and Dallas this week. Um, Houston, as we said before, put three on the board against New England. Uh, Dallas won 2 nothing and probably could have won Eight nothing. Um, Fabian Castillo is now going to be out for a few weeks with his injury, which I was kind of going in and out at that point of the day, and I literally turned the game on, and not five seconds later he got hurt, and I was like, "Well, at least he already scored." 
uh, who who's the biggest beneficiary playing time wise with Castillo out? Is it do they get Akindeli back in or what is the what do you think the change is, JD? Ah, uh, that's a tough call. Um, I think they have a lot of people that can fill those shoes, but um, picking any one of them is going to be tough. I think they have a new new winger, Lizar Lizarazu. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think I think he can play. Um, they might put kind of a Hollings head in as a left wing because he can kind of do play multiple positions. Um, maybe they'll switch up the formation a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if Tesho gets in or not, though, because I think they kind of want Tesho to be a, a target forward as well, even though he's played the wing in the past. So it, it should be interesting to see. In this game in particular, I think they'll lean more towards defense because they're on the road and they really don't need help offensively. Um, so maybe they'll just want to kind of pack it in against um, Giles Barnes on the wing is kind of dangerous. So, yeah, I can see kind of Hollingshead getting in actually and getting some playing time. Hmm. All right. Skylar, how do you think this one plays out? I think that it's going to be closer than maybe people expect. I think Houston's going to give them a good game. So, I don't know. I could see a draw. I could even see Houston surprising people with a win. Um, their attack actually looked somewhat good for uh, a little bit of the unknown coming into the season with Madonna in the mix now. He Brad looked pretty Davis good. <laughs> yeah, he looked really good. So I don't know. I think I think Houston's gonna be uh, kind of a surprise team this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there. I think they're gonna be a surprise team and um, have some big results, and it could start this weekend. But from a fantasy perspective, really don't know how to read this game. I'll probably have some exposure to uh, Madonna. He's another guy that I'm thinking about bringing in on my season long team. So just don't know as far as like the replacement for Castillo then yeah it could be Akindele if they want to go more attacking it could even be a guy like Mario Rosales who's in the mix now for him um or it could be like JD said Hollingshead or Victor Uboa more defensive minded so hard to really say there it's just Dallas is uh they've got so many weapons just depending on which kind of game that they want to play so from a fantasy perspective, it makes it really tough because you, you know, you like their options. But a game like this, I might just look at a guy like maybe Mario Diaz as my only option for uh, Dallas. Yeah, you guys universally ranked Diaz first. I was a little surprised at how low Maidana was, just because the crosses give him so much of a floor. But I guess theoretically, that could be all he provides as well. Um, well. So you- my Don is playing as a number 10, so the crosses are mostly from corner kicks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, Dallas has probably – they probably have three of the top 15 defensive midfielders available to them. So uh, I'm skeptical of Houston this season. I'm ex- extremely skeptical of them this game. Um, I, I just – I'm not going to bank on anybody from Houston until they string a couple performances together. I think some of their goals were, were lucky this past weekend. Um, I mean, Andrew Wenger had a sitter that he could have had his second goal of the game, and he screwed it up. Uh, that's a guy that was drafted basically as a defenseman that could play forward, and now he's playing on Houston's wing, um, and they're sitting Cuba Torres. Um, 
I'll, I'll give Skyler this. Will Bruin looked pretty good last week. Whoa. And not, Whoa. not in the goal scoring way. He was actually creating and setting people up. It was two assists. I think he had a pair of yeah. It was kind of like when you uh, you watch a big man in basketball try and shoot a three, except he was actually draining him. <laughs> I mean, Bruin was good, um, but I do need to – now that I've given Skyler some credit, I need to call him out. Uh-oh. He did not rank Jesse Gonzalez in his top ten goalkeepers this weekend, which is absurd. That's – I mean, our, <laughs> that our unanimous pick for keeper of the year, or at least up there? It's obviously some Will Bruin fear. I guess. Yeah. I mean, they just had a shutout last weekend. Yeah, I might have missed that. He's probably uh, he's probably maybe top ten, but I don't think he's top five for me this week. I think Houston's going to score a goal or two. Well, you have Nick so. Romando at number four, and he's playing Seattle. So I, I'll take Jesse Gonzalez any day. He's yeah. not here to defend himself, but Cam also did not rank Jesse Gonzalez. It's worthy of a call out for sure. I just I think that he I'm I've got I don't know, it's just one of those gut feelings. I think that Houston's gonna um take it to Dallas and kinda it just feels like one of those games for him that everybody is so high in Dallas that Houston can really put their stamp on, on a rivalry like this and kind of sneak up on some people, but it's worthy of a call out for sure. I'd I'd probably miss that one. He's top ten this week for sure. I think the last gut call you said on the podcast was, if I remember this correctly, it was the uh, Earthquakes hosting the Galaxy, maybe? I think the Galaxy had won like five in a row, and you said you thought the Earthquakes would win. That was me. You said they would win? I might have been on the uh, Rapids one game or something. Maybe. He was on the Rapids for the 4th of July July play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm already targeting that game. Uh, that's, that's right. I'm going heavy <laughs> on Zach McMath that day. All right. That's the uh, Saturday slate, which means we have no Javinko to worry about um, fitting in with all of those other players because we get to take him in what is arguably the, uh, it, has, it has to be a top five matchup of, <laughs> of the entire season of Javinko going up against New York City FC in Yankee Stadium. Um, we... Javinko, you guys ranked first. I'm not sure when he will not be first. Um, but definitely not this week. But it's definitely not this week. Uh, JD, what is the realistic, or let me rephrase, what is the unrealistic upside for Javinko this week? Like, what's the most number of points he could score that you're not totally flabbergasted because it's so high? I would not be surprised if he... I wouldn't be flabbergasted if he had four goals. Okay. So, I mean, if he gets... Uh, if so it's he up gets, to like 50 points or because yeah, basically plus, 12 for a goal. Yeah, you add the shots, you add the crosses and fouls drawn. Mm-hmm. and Well, I don't know if he'll draw too many fouls because I don't know if Pirlo can catch him. I was going to say, I'm not sure anybody's going to touch him. Um, My one concern is he might feel bad for his buddy Pirlo. <laughs> so he might, he might take it easy. You know, Pirlo's a, a, a smart guy, so maybe he'll take Javinko out the night before the game um, and get him get him all tired or something. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised anywhere up up to 60 points. Okay. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to get that many. Um, but it, I don't know how you can say no to him on a two-game slate. Like, <laughs> especially against NYCFC. They looked 
really bad defensively last week. Um, I've seen middle school teams better organized defensively than NYCFC was. The offside trap is is a struggle for that club. (laughs) I'll put it that way. I mean, the the easy solution is to then not play the offside trap. (laughs) (laughs) They yeah, there there were times when Chicago had like three people on a breakaway, like three on zero. Yeah, it seemed like it. It was not good, um, but we'll see because Toronto is really just Javinko on offense at this point. Bradley's not not playing high up. Um, I mean, Subasa Endo is a rookie, so I don't think you can count on him to have a great game like he did last week, every week. Um, but yeah, I I think Javinko is not going to be slowed down. He looked good last week, even before the the goal. Um, and I think he's going to be fine this week as well. For a, for a two-game slate, though, there are a decent number of forwards that you could pick. I mean, I'm not sure you're going to win without Javinko, but the other game is San Jose and Portland, so you know, you've got Adi and Wando. We've got David Villa in that Toronto game. Yeah, no- you have Ameriqua, you have Lucas Milano. Yep, yep. So it's not like there's nothing... To you know, I, I'm not sure. As as much as he has the highest upside, I'm not sure you're going to find ninety percent ownership. I could um, be. Um, yeah, probably not. My hesitation is that the Portland San Jose game features two pretty good uh, defenses. So, um, like if it was maybe Portland versus a, an easier team or San Jose versus an easier team, then yeah, I'd I'd probably diversify a little bit, but. Uh, I don't know how you can not, not have Javinka this week. Yeah, Toronto you, in a tougher matchup. Right. I mean, Andrew can try and persuade our listeners not to take him so he can make some money this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything I could ever say to dissuade somebody <laughs> from taking him. Um, Skylar, do you have any concern about David Villa, given that New York City FC scored four goals without him last week? No, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's he was still involved. He just didn't get on the score sheet. He was He's still going to be the guy that they're going to turn to for goals. So I was definitely shocked that he didn't get on the score sheet, but I don't think he's – I don't think it's a concern at all. I think he's going to he'll, – he'll be fine. He'll get his for sure. And, J.D., you were pretty vocal about Tony Taylor last week, which paid off. Kiri Shelton looked pretty good. Um but the two game slate does the two game slate make them more attractive or less attractive? Uh, it probably makes Tony Taylor more attractive because he's still pretty cheap. He's still going against uh, a team that I think he can have a good game against against Toronto. Um, they are improved in the back, but I mean I don't think that NYCFC is necessarily going to be slowed down. Um, Kiri Shelton's a little bit pricey mm-hmm. um, for being kind of a a one-trick pony, I think. He's kind of just all speed, and you need him to get a goal. He's not a guy that's going to get a ton of peripheral stats. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Tony Taylor a little bit. I'm not kind of beating the drum for him quite as much as last week. But, yeah, I think NYCFC still have some goals. I'm not discouraged about David Villa at all. Uh, I think it's encouraging, in fact, that the players around him actually looked capable. A lot of people weren't sure that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, I think David V is a guy to to keep going going with in fantasy, even if he has a slow first week or even second week. Um, and yeah, I think NYCFC still are going to be okay. They're playing at home this week, so I I don't think it's going to be a shutout for Toronto. Okay, and Skyler, I'm going to ask you because I think you're a little more impartial to this question. Tommy Mack of the four play, of the four teams, how many midfielders are ahead of Tommy McNamara? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, we've got Valeri. You've got Perez Garcia. I might, I might even throw Shea Salinas out there just because of his crossing upside. So maybe even Endo. Cause he's Nagby. Just, yeah, Nagby. Mm. I don't know. There might be five or six. <laughs> um, I, I was about to hopefully walk you into saying that Tommy McNamara was a top five midfielder and just kind of leave it at that, but. Unfortunately, no, you already at six before. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed by him though. He, I mean, he had that sick goal. That mm-hmm. was uh, fun to see to start the season off with. So, I don't the know. Andrew, He's got some upside to him. Andrew tried to rain on everybody's parade and say it wasn't a Galazzo. I mean, I think, I think the the term is well overused at this point. I agree with that. Um, you it was a said, very good goal. You also said. Pipa Iguain's goal was pretty good earlier. I did? So, yeah. Yeah, I might have underscored that one a little bit. So. Um, yeah, well, that, I didn't, that's I didn't fair. Throw, I didn't throw Bradley in the mix there. I don't know if you caught that, but I think he's kind of, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, Toronto seems like they've got their minds made up on how they want to play this season. It, it seemed like he's definitely settled into more of a defensive midfield role, which J.D. alluded to last podcast, and he's still a guy that's going to pop up here and there with some big games, but, but for fantasy purposes, it just he's not going to be a guy that I'm going to be targeting. Yeah. I th- I think uh, Toronto's going to kind of experiment as the year goes on. I think against a good team like Red Bulls, they'll definitely pack it in like they did, but against a, a weaker team like NYCFC, they might open things up more and test themselves, especially early in the year. So I, I can see Bradley venturing forward more, but yeah, I'm gonna have to see it first. It's not, uh, I'm not gonna take a leap of faith and play him. Mm-hmm. So, and and yeah, Tommy Mack, I don't think is a top five midfielder. He's he's much more fun to to enjoy when he's <laughs> not on your fantasy team. <laughs> That's fair. MLS actually had an article I haven't read yet, but it's about the cult of McNamara. Mm. Um, and they didn't call you for an interview or anything? Reasons why we love... <laughs> well, someone runs a Twitter account, the cult of McNamara. Mm. Um, and yeah, big star, <laughs> up and comer. That's right. Um, what's what's the expectation for Darlington Nagby when you, when you play him? Like I don't usually play him, so... Oh, okay. That sort of answers <laughs> the question then. Because... Yeah, I'm shocked looking at his box score right now. I didn't realize he only had one point last week on DraftKings. That's... He didn't draw a single foul, which is phenomenal. He seems like a much better real-life player than fantasy, which is weird because I feel like you tend to use that with, you know, defensive midfielders and center backs, but that's not really what he is. It's going to be hit or miss with him, I think. And I think, for me, I've always seen... It always seems like when guys are on the fringe of a national team call-up or really uh, coming into a role with a national team, it feels like... I give him a little bit of a, of a bump yeah. for fantasy purposes, and it feels like Nagby should be that guy. But that's a surprise. I didn't realize that he was so fantasy irre- irrelevant this past week. 
but he's one that I think coming into the season, I felt like he's a guy that's going to have to make his mark and have to uh, do something big to stay on Clemson's radar. And, you know, we might see a huge game from him here or there, but man, that's uh yeah, that's a disappointing result for anybody that played him for sure. It's, um, it's kind of the story of Nagby's career in MLS. I mean, he really doesn't string that many big games together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he's extremely quiet. Um, it, I think last last year towards the end of the season in the playoffs when he kind of put the team on his back was really unique. And I think it was motivated purely by, by having to get into the playoffs, fighting for his life, and then, uh, you know, the, the just kind of magical run they were on. But that's not Nagby's not a guy that comes in with a killer instinct most games, especially early in the MLS season. So I, I don't think we can rely on him too heavily. He's definitely a, a very talented player, but I don't think that translates uh, too often to, to good fantasy games. It's oh, a great explanation. Uh, my last question, is Valeri the top play after Javinko in this two-game slate? I think yeah. he is for me. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like uh, Matias Matias Perez Garcia a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll be a little bit under the radar since he missed out last game with uh, suspension. But I think Valeri is probably the second best play, and I think maybe uh, David Villa after that. And then I might start getting into the uh, Perez Garcia and Wando. Is Milano just is he in that group with Wando and Perez Garcia, or is he below it? For me, I think he's he's up there. I think he's probably just below it, though. Mm-hmm. And Judy, yeah. do, you, do you have Milano ahead of Adi? No, I don't think so. I have Adi higher. Okay. I mean, Adi's the target forward, and I I still think he's going to have a huge year. I I might be higher on him than most people, but um, it, not too many players are like him in this league. He. He's much better at hold-up play than whatever people give Josie Altidore credit for, <laughs> and he's also a better scorer. He's more physical. Uh, I think Audi's kind of the the complete package, so I like him a lot. I think he's going to be good this week. Uh, Matias Perez Garcia. I want to make a note on him. He's probably playing the right wing um, if they still start two forwards, and that's Portland's one big question mark: is it left back? Because they kind of lost Viafania. Uh, they got Chris Cludy, but he's out for a while yet. Um, so last week they had Jermaine Taylor, who kind of is a center back, left back hybrid, and uh, he didn't look that great. So I think Perez Garcia, if he plays the right wing, which I think he will, uh, yeah, that's that's a good play. Salinas is going to go against Alvis Powell, who's a, a much better defender on the other wing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I think one other player I'd say that you got to at least give consideration on a two-game slate is Dairon Espria. He uh, looked pretty solid. He was pretty involved in there in the Timbers attack last week. Ended up with 14 points on DraftKings. He's only 4,300. So if you're trying to squeeze some of the bigger names like Giovinco and BN, then he's a guy that you could probably slot in there and count on for a handful of points. Um, he's another guy that's probably hit or miss, but seems like he's always hitting around close to nine or ten points. So worth a look. Espria is really bad at finishing and making good decisions, <laughs> but he's great at finding himself in good spots. So I think last week he easily probably could have had three or four goals if he was a more talented finisher. 
and he just he blew a lot of opportunities. But uh, yeah, he certainly has the speed to to get himself into the right spots. Okay. Uh, great. That's all I have. We went a little long today. I think still getting into our routine here, but we'll be back next week for for more of it. And guys, good luck this weekend. Good luck, everyone, on all four slates. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.